Hey listeners, before we get started, I wanted to share with you a brand new podcast that you might be interested in. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. This podcast is about all things Atlanta Braves baseball. They talk about roster moves, potential trades, game recaps. Now this may all seem cliche for a sports podcast, but they also include a special segment each week where they talk about controversial topics using only stats and logic and no bias. Controversial topics such as which Braves player should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, why your favorite player may not be as valuable as you think they are, or how certain players you may not like deserve more love. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. You can currently catch this podcast. See what I did there? Catch this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor.fm. It's sure to be a hit. You may know them from the Disney Channel or from Extreme Makeover Home Edition, the Acres Family episode. I know them from my daughter's posters on her wall. You guessed right. The Joe Bros go toe-to-toe with their all-new Joe Bro Micro GoPro with a slow-mo elbow. This is no so-so Rococo Joe Bro Stone Globe photo from Tokyo. Oh, no. You know, bro, this GoPro from the Joe Bros don't blow. You owe your flow to go glow like an indigo chateau. And if you order now, you'll also receive the Joe Bro Dobro solo recorded live from Kokomo show and remastered in Kosovo. That's right. Boro Yobros are standing by now to take your orders. Since I'm so sexy, beautiful, everybody wants a chick, that's why. I'm still a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above Average Show Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Today's guest has worked on several projects, including Adventures Affinity War, Black Panther, Ozark, The Hate You Give, Spider-Man Homecoming, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, Baby Driver, Gifted, not to be confused with The Gifted, but Gifted, which we will talk about later on in the episode, The Originals, Vampire Diaries, and The Resident. She has also worked on... A lot of Dolly Parton movies that have come out recently. She is a stand-in on the Dolly Parton movies. Today's guest is Anna Lily East. Anna Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm I'm excited to talk to you because you have a very different perspective on something we've already talked about, being a stand-in, but you have a very niche market of stand-in that you do. But before we get to that, let's start with the big question of how did you get started in the film industry? I actually got started by doing background work. Um, I was a full-time bartender and I just really, really wanted to get into the industry. So I started looking up some casting pages in my location, which happens to be Atlanta. And so I got cast doing background work for the original for Vampire Diaries Neighbors 2 and all this like fantastic smaller stuff and of course the bigger stuff where I ended up doing Neighbors 2 and got into talking to the other PAs and ADs and they pulled me on to do production assistant work for other stuff. That's awesome. So working on Neighbors 2, are you visible anywhere in the movie? 
I'm visible a few places in the movie. It's a running joke that you see me more than you see Selena. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, not to flex, but I'm in there. (laughs) (laughs) And you also worked on a project, The Hate You Give, which we had a guest on last season, Emmy Allen, that worked on The Hate You Give. She was one of the quote-unquote mean girls that was like her role in the movie um and you also got to work on the hate you give which is even more relevant now because when we talked to her that was like pre everything that's going on right now with black lives matter and george floyd and everything uh what was it like working on the hate you give for you and how is it different watching that movie now in what's happening today as compared to when you first watched it last year? First, I want to give an overall statement saying God bless Angie Thomas and her power in words because she has this immense capability of just pouring everything that is going on inside each person's heart and just really putting it out there and captivating all of those feelings that we're all a little too scared or too anxious to share by putting it out into the books that are now turning into movies that should have been brought aware to society a lot sooner and in a lot harsher, in a lot, in a less harsh manner than what has been it should not take the black people, the black society to stand up for themselves, to say, stop killing us. And Angie Thomas has put it out there saying, stop killing us. And if you're not going to listen to us saying, stop killing us, I'm going to show you in the youth, the youth books, the youth movies, the youth music, the, everything that she does, it's through the eyes of the youth. and It makes it a lot more visible through the eyes of the youth to the eyes of adults, to the adults in society who are set in their ways and unwilling to change because they don't know how to change. And without Angie Thomas writing the book, we wouldn't have the movie. We wouldn't have all of the the light that has been shown on the movement. And now that all of the protests have been going on every single day for the last two months, it's heartbreaking and also a little bit heartwarming to see millions upon millions of people finally standing up for what is right in a time where we're constantly being told that what is right is what is wrong. And what's really wrong is just the point in society where wanting to change racism and wanting to eradicate it is apparently wanting to change America. And we should not think of America as racist. And I'm sorry, but if you're upset about wanting to change the views of racists as wanting to change America, then the issue is not with America (laughs) it's with the people in America and I don't want to live in a country where racism is what we are known for 
And I'm very, very thankful that Andy Thomas has figured out a way to put out the media that brings it a little bit more to light than by just watching the news through a very skewed network. Um, a very biased network. She is putting it out there as these are our children, these are our mothers, these are our fathers, these are our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our uncles, our sisters. Like, it's the people that we see every single day. And God gave her that gift of being able to change the world. And I was lucky enough to meet her and to fall in love with the person that she is and the person that she made me want to be. And the people that she makes people want to be. The Hate You Give is everything <laughs> that the Black Lives Matter movement has needed to really push the fact that Black Lives Matter more now than anything else in the world. And if you have to say, but all lives matter, then you are admitting Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and that movie is just everything. That is the highlight of my career. Yeah, it's, it was very powerful. I had a tough time sitting through it the first time. Um, second time was a little bit easier. But the third time, which is what I watched after George Floyd happened, <laughs> was tough again when everything started to hit home personally and seeing what was actually happening like because i live in minneapolis now so it's literally in my backyard what was happening mm -hmm. in my backyard is that movie it was a lot more powerful um seeing it after all of the george floyd stuff yeah i read the book back when it was initially released and found out that it was going to be turned into a movie and i was honestly terrified of the way that the book would be portrayed because the book is so much more powerful in the way that the words are used. In most movie adaptations, you lose some of the story, you lose some of the emotions. And so I was very scared to see how they would do it. And then a few months later, I have the opportunity to work on the movie and I get the script and I'm sitting there reading it and I'm just fully enthralled by it because nothing was nothing was missing. Like of course there were parts taken out because you have to. You can't have a four hundred yeah, four hour movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't. Unless you're Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even then it's you lose some pieces. Um but so I'm sitting there reading the script and I am just sobbing because all of the emotions that are evoked in the book I have for the movie. And it's a very, if you have the opportunity to look at a script and compare it to what you are watching on screen, it's a very different experience because Yes, a script is a script is just a guideline, but the movie is it's the props, it's the set deck, it's the actors, it's the background, it's the place. And so when you're reading the script, you 
don't really have the full vision unless you are the, the writer or the director. But when I read the script, I fully saw every bit of it coming to life as I'm reading the words off the screen. And then the first day on set was heartbreaking. Like you walk onto a set and there's always like the bit, the, the little bit of you where it's like, Oh my God, I'm working on movies. I'm doing everything that I ever dreamed of. But then the difference for me on walking onto this movie versus every other set that I'd been on was I'm walking onto a movie that's literally going to change lives. And it was heartwarming, but then when you're filming, and the, my very first day on set was, I think it was the third day of filming, spoiler, it's the scene where Maverick and the family are eating at the diner, and the cops come and cuff him, and they have him on the ground. So I'm just watching this happen. And all I can think of is all of the times that it is happening all over the country with black men and black women every single day, not on a movie, with their families, with their friends, with no one to advocate for them. And just knowing that broke my heart because it's not just a movie. It's not just a story. It's not just a plot line. This is the reality of people of color every single day. It's essentially all Black people's real-life story rolled into one. Absolutely. Absolutely. It it was heartbreaking, but it was also heart-filling because you really understand that you can never understand unless you are that person in that position. And I am a little white blonde woman. (laughs) I will never understand but I can advocate and being able to work on that movie was the first opportunity where I really felt like maybe I could make a difference. Maybe I could advocate for someone that I would not have had the confidence to do before. And every, every single day after that, even on the really like heartwarming scenes and the funny scenes, I felt a strength that I had not felt before. And there is never going to be enough words to describe the amount of joy and honor that I had to be able to work on that movie. Every time I watch it, I still cry as if I'm like, we're filming it all over again because it's, it's reality. There's the quote in the book, What's the point of having a voice if you're going to be silent in those moments you shouldn't be? And every day where I question, should I say something? Is this the moment where I say something? I remind myself that if I don't say it and I have the opportunity to say it, then I should. Angie has changed my life. So I I know she's changing lots of others. She's just an amazing woman. So we're going to go ahead and switch gears a little bit from The Hate You Give to another movie that made both of us cry (laughs) called Gifted. 
Um, oh. Not de-gifted, so it's not the Marvel series that was on, and it's not no, the it gift with no, Katie Holmes. have a Marvel actor. Yes. It does star Captain America, but not as Captain America. <laughs> so with Chris Evans, McKenna Grace, Octavia Spencer, and Jenny Slate um, were the four names that stuck out to me when I watched it. And I didn't know what to expect. I just saw it on HBO and I was like, you know what? It's got Chris Evans and I'll, I'll check it out just because I liked him in a couple of other movies where you don't see him as Captain America. And this completely blew my mind watching this drama unfold. But you got to work on it for a little bit. Do you want to talk a little bit about working on it and and how heavy of a movie this was to you too? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've been very incredibly fortunate in being able to work on some truly impactful movies. Gifted was one of the first movies that I really had the opportunity to be a part of without without the responsibility. Uh, anything more than just being background. I was just a college student in some of the college scenes with McKenna, and we get on the set, and I don't know how much anyone really knows about McKenna Grace. She is a young actress. She has been in the industry since she was, I think, four years old. I think was when she like half her her life. (laughs) Yeah, she's been in for the majority of her life, and when I tell you that I've never seen more professionalism than in this girl, than in this young lady, she was everything her character needed to be, Um, and the grace that she had, and the words that she spoke, and the actions she did, and just the way that she really became her character without losing the childlike essence was just phenomenal. She truly became this sort of child that was terrified of losing the only real family that she knew but she maintains the strength throughout the movie of, you know what? I need to be strong for my uncle. I need to be strong for me. I need to show them that he is the best thing for me, that I am better when I'm with him. And in the college scene at the very end of the movie, you just kind of see like all of it wrapped up where she's just, she is this brilliant, intelligent, beautiful child that is a child. <laughs> she isn't a, she isn't this brainiac that needs to be so much more than just being a child. Her uncle wants the best for her, whether it is in college at like eight years old. <laughs> or whether it is playing on the playground or swimming on the beach or playing in the sand. And the, the movie is so much more than just an uncle watching out for his niece because he feels an obligation to. The movie isn't about obligation. And so many things that I read about it before I really worked on it was, talking about how an uncle is obligated to take care of his niece 
No, no, he wanted to. And Chris yeah. and McKenna's relationship as co-stars, like as co-workers and not their characters, was so hard to separate because they really did have such a genuine relationship. He genuinely cares about this little girl as if she was his own. And it was just so sweet and wonderful to be able to see him in that role, but also inspiring to see this little girl being so professional. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I, I was, I went in expecting the movie to be about Chris Evans and it was like, he, he had a big part in it, but the focus was all on McKenna. She mm-hmm. carried that movie. And I love how the other older actors like gave her the ability to carry the movie too. That they would feed her the emotions that she needed to to perform her best when they could have easily just said, you know what? I'm the star. I'm going to shine here. This is just some little kid. And they didn't do that. They did what I've heard De Niro does with all of his co-stars is that when he works with them, he gives them the ability and the opportunity to do their best so that they both look great. Oh, absolutely. And when you watch Chris Evans and almost everything that I've seen him act in, he becomes the character so flawlessly. In everything he's done, whether he's Captain America, whether he's in Gifted, whether he's in the um, What's Your Number, or like, but it's not that he's Chris Evans, who Chris Evans is as a person, as a celebrity. It's as his character because he's just an authentic person. And I think that that is probably the most fascinating thing about watching him and McKenna was because she fed off of his authenticism in so many brilliant ways that only a child could do. And speaking of McKenna Grace, uh, being a child actor, you also worked with some child actors on a project called Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors, uh, but you got to work in a capacity that most of the, popu- most of the adult population is not able to do because you got to work as a stand-in for the children, which is a little bit different than a regular stand-in. Um, And this is something that I wanted to talk to you about, to talk to our listeners about. Um, What is, like, some of the different techniques and tricks that they do for taking a five-foot adult to stand in for a three-and-a-half to four-foot child? So a lot of the things that we do is typically bring out apple boxes, and we'll put, like, a pillow or something on the apple box, and we kneel down on those, trying to get the closest height to the actor if the album box doesn't work i typically prefer to just do the splits (laughs) 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 i like going to whatever height is best um and then a lot of it is just camera angles help a lot and then if the album box doesn't work normally it's just kneeling or bending in some form or fashion a lot of the camera angle work will be a big factor in trying to find the perfect height 
Um, I know when I worked on Ozark, I was a stand-in for Jonah. He was a little bit shorter than me, maybe six inches shorter than me at the time. And so typically what works best was just making sure that I don't wear heels or (laughs) making sure that I'm wearing the same colors to make sure like the color schemes match. A lot of times it's the height, it's the hair, it's the clothes. I have very blonde hair. Sometimes they can't find a stand in around a child's height that has the like color hair of the actual child. So we'll put on like beanies or hats or some like some sort of something to get closer to the hair color making sure that like we're wearing similar clothes sometimes we'll even wear the same clothes if you wear the same size shirt when the photo doubles aren't available they'll use the photo doubles outfit for that just so that they can get more of an idea without having to go into the photo double book and it's definitely a lot more fun being a child stand-in in my eyes because the hours are shorter most of the time. <laughs> oh, that was actually one thing I was wondering because I'm never on set with the kids, so I don't know when people get wrapped or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, since kids, depending on their age, they can work like four hours, six hours, eight hours, max days. Do you get wrapped as the kid gets wrapped, or they still keep you for the 12-hour guarantee just in case we need a five-foot blonde stand-in that we were not expecting? <laughs> um, it kind of varies. I know when I did Code of Many Colors, most of the time I did get wrapped when my actors got wrapped. Occasionally, I would stay a little bit later on there. Most of the Code of Many Colors kids were fairly similar height, so they always liked to have at least one stand-in stay a little later, just as a backup in case one of them got sent home early or got sick or whatever. But when I did, like, Ozark, I typically would come in an hour or two earlier than the my after, and I would typically start setting up the first frame while they're getting hair and makeup and wardrobe and everything done. So typically it would be they shoot the shot, then they pull me directly in, send the actor to school for a minimum of five minutes, usually 10 minutes or more is preferred. And then we'll shoot up the lighting, set up the frame and everything. And then once we know 100% for sure that we're ready to start again, Then they call for the after, and that typically takes another, like, five minutes before the after is actually there. And then it's just, like, over and over again. I typically didn't have a shorter day than eight hours. My shortest day was eight hours. I think my longest day was 13. And that's just because the after got there later than was initially scheduled. Like, they pushed their call time back. And so I was just there hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) getting free food (laughs) always can never say thank you enough for crafting and catering um talking about long hours or at least late hours um shifting gears a little bit haha shifting gears baby driver (laughs) (laughs) you worked on the movie baby driver as a production assistant and you worked on some of the 
big nights that they had along Peachtree Street where they literally shut down downtown Atlanta to film cars racing at 70 miles per hour down the main street of Atlanta. What was it like having to work on those nights with upwards of 200 other PAs just standing on the street corners making sure nobody crosses the street and gets hit by this car that's racing by? It was intense. It was absolutely intense, especially for it being my first legitimate production assistant job. I was nervous, excited, terrified. Did I mention I was nervous? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm already not a car person. So it's very funny to most of my family and friends that the first real PA job that I have or had was on a car show Uh, (laughs) but the very first night that I worked our call time was 6 p.m and I am an early bird I if my (laughs) if I have to be somewhere at six o'clock I'm typically there 30 like 5 30 5 45 max and I think it's worth repeating that was 6 p.m oh yeah everybody p.m p.m and (laughs) But don't think, do not think that the 6 p.m. meant, oh, we get there at 6 p.m. and we start filming at 6 p.m. No, 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 no. We started <laughs> filming at like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., okay? So the first like four hours were literally just setting up where every PA was going to be on this block of downtown Atlanta. Because I, if, I, if I remember correctly, it was an eight-block shot where we have to have six PAs on each street. So typically it's two PAs on a corner and you have three to four corners that have to be blocked off by the PAs on each block. That's just the people on the corners. Then you have the people on the sidewalk trying to get people from staying, like trying to make sure people stay inside the buildings because you never know what is going to happen. So we have to make sure that everybody stays safe. And it's not just the cast or the crew that we want to keep safe. It's the civilians. Civilians. I was going to say bogey, but I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) That is the radio term, though. (laughs) (laughs) So the goal of any production is safety first. And the goal for the PAs on the nights in Atlanta where we're shooting the car scenes was to make sure that the cast and the crew were safe, but also to make sure that the civilians are safe. We had to make sure that whatever could go wrong, we made sure that it would go wrong the safest way possible. You have to take the precautions because without precautions, things will go wrong. Things go wrong. You kind of have to assume something's going to go wrong so you can prevent it. Absolutely. So, typically six to eight PAs on a corner. Then you have four or five in between each corner, just on the sidewalk of each street. And most, I think it was a total of 18 nights on Baby Driver, where we were working from 6 p.m. Our call time was 6 p.m. And we would leave around 9 a.m. The actual shooting scenes, typically happened once dark 
settled in. So around nine, 10 o'clock. And then we would typically finish wrapping the car scene up around four or 5 a.m. before Atlanta morning traffic hit because we had to have the roads opened back up for everyday use. It was intense and wonderful in every form of the words. It was an incredible movie to be able to say that that's the first PA job that I had, mostly because Edgar Wright is a genius. Understatement. (laughs) Understatement of the century. Uh, (laughs) Being able to do night shoots is a testament of how good of a production assistant you are. The best production assistants I know can handle night shoots better than anyone on anyone in the industry. I love night shoots. A lot of people don't because they do take a lot more out of you than I think day shoots do. But the night shoots ran long but they were absolutely insane. We were hyped up on monsters and Red Bull and Crafty would come down the streets every 30 minutes asking if we needed any water or any snacks. And the best, the best night ever was Monday morning at 5 a.m. when Crafty came with those Chick-fil-A biscuits. Oh, wow. It was a shock. It was a blessing. Thank you. So let's go ahead and get things wrapped up. Uh, Before we close out, though, as always, let's go ahead and where can people find you on social medias? You guys can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Call Me Anna Lily. Literally the words call me in my name, Anna Lily. So call me Anna Lily on Instagram and Twitter. Most of my chronicles involve being a single mom and missing the film industry. And occasionally, you can catch me thirsting over the Jonas Brothers. And by occasionally, I mean every other post. I was going to say, you're leaving out the biggest part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Again, occasionally, I mean by every other post. And we will go ahead and share all of those social medias on our social medias, as always, on our Facebook, Instagrams, and Twitter. And thank you again, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Anna Lily, for joining us today. I appreciate it so much. Always. Thank you for having me. I definitely, definitely cannot wait until this comes out so that I can make a complete fool of myself on my social medias. And thank you, listeners, once again for hanging out with us. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Hey, Jane, Anna Lily, the hottest lady you'll ever know. Thank you again to our special guest, Anna Lily East. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters and look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra on Ordinary and other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com. <laughs>